following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. Welcome to Smartdown Boulevard. We're a pair of smarts that love to talk wrestling, but let's face it, it's not what it used to be. I am your host, Jose Solerzano, and he is my co-host, my friend, and all-around good guy, Jermaine Meredith. How's it going today? Today was a good day, man. How about yourself? It was a beautiful day. Work. They had some technical difficulties, and I was off the whole day. The whole oh, day, man. man. Can you can you imagine that? Oh, so good. Well, well, I'm on vacation, so. Oh, there you go. Let's I'm see. off until next week, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get straight to the point here because I don't want to overshadow our main event, our main topic today, by, you know, just returning with a ridiculous look over the top promos, over the top pyrotechnics, while donning, you know, a horrible neck tattoo and winning back an ugly looking belt during a boring dog collar match. I don't want to be that type of person, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Love your wife, though. This past Wednesday, I'm talking to Cody Rhodes, by the way. Um, or sorry, Cody. Uh, <laughs> like I said, don't want to waste any time. <laughs> this past Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite, they celebrated the 30-year career of Chris Jericho. The whole professional wrestling world is celebrating this man's long career that started in 1990. During the celebration on Dynamite, we saw video messages directed to Jericho from Chris Jericho's dad, Ted Irvin. Lars Ulrich from Metallica, New Japan Pro Wrestling superstar Hiro Tanahashi, and Impact Wrestling president Don Callis, which I thought was kind of weird. It was unexpected, uh, but it was great to see that Impact Wrestling and AEW have some sort of a mutual understanding that they can kind of like, yeah, they're competition in a sense, but let's just for this one time, let's just come together and celebrate Chris Jericho. And, you know, we thought that we would continue the celebration today on SmartDown Boulevard number 25. And Jermaine, before we get into all the history and all of that on Chris Jericho, let me give you some bullet points here, okay? Chris Jericho was trained by the legendary Stu Hart and Ed Langley in uh, the good old Hart Dungeon. Historic, right? Uh, he is the front man of Fozzie. He is the host of one of your favorite podcasts. I know Talk is Jericho. Am I right? Yeah, it's a really good podcast. Yeah, Some interesting guys on there. It's interesting topics. It's not just about wrestling. It's music. Definitely more than just a wrestling podcast. He also launched his own cruise, the Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea in 2017. He is the face of AEW. You know, sorry, Cody. He just, he is. He has published four books and is a New York Times bestseller. And he has a new book coming out, The Complete List of Jericho, which is available for pre-order at his Jericho30.com website. And this is a collection of every one of his 2,000 722 matches that he's ever had with rare pictures and more. You can order it now on this website. And I think this is, out of all the books, I think this is the interesting one because it's going to be interesting to see how he documented all these matches. 2,722 matches. This goes all the way back from when he debuted uh, back in 1990, of course, uh, which was October 2nd, 1990. And in WWE, Chris Jericho is a six-time world champion. And I'm a little surprised about Jermaine. I thought he was more on the teen side of that but he's only a six-time world champion that's crazy 
uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. It suits him, you know. Well, here's the thing. He, yeah, you're right yeah. in the sense because, like, yeah, he was a six time world champion, but he won uh, the WWF championship once, the WCW championship twice, and the World Heavyweight Championship three times. But he's also a record nine time Intercontinental champion. I don't think a lot of people associate him with being a long time, you know, WWE champion in the teens, more towards the Intercontinental Championship and the two time United States Championship. But he is the fourth WWE Grand Slam champion of that era. And he became the first ever undisputed WWF champion, defeating Stone Cold and The Rock on the same night. And he has held over 50 title belts from different wrestling promotions from around the world. Jermaine, let's get this started, man. Now that you have a little bit of a background information, when was the first time that you saw Chris Jericho on TV? Man, the first time I saw Chris Jericho on TV had to be in around the Attitude Era when he debuted on uh, Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. the Y2K whole phenomenon thing. And he came and interrupted The Rock's promo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... It was around that time when I f- was first introduced to Chris Jericho. But during that time, he was just a mid-carder. Yeah, he didn't really reach heights until later on in his career. Or, yeah, yeah, I'd say later on in his career. Yeah, no, and it's interesting to me because the way that he... Because unlike you, like I know you said you started, you saw him first when he debuted on um, Raw is War on August 9th, 1999. But for me, yeah. like... I saw him in WCW because I really enjoyed the cruiserweight division in WCW, and he was very prominent in that division, feuding with Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, Dean Malenko, La Parca, Juventud Guerrera, you name it, man. He could really go toe-to-toe with these Lucha guys. Uh, because he did wrestle in Lucha Libre promotions in Mexico earlier on in his career. That was my first exposure to Chris Jericho, the Lion Heart, Chris Jericho. That was my first yeah. time. And then, and then when he debuted on WWF television at that time, I was just like, man, they're going to push him all the way to top card with The Rock and Austin and Big Show at the time. I was just like, really? That's interesting because in WCW, he had a hard time trying to make it to the upper card, which a lot of these guys did because, you know, the NWO, Hogan's, and your Goldbergs. But I was surprised that they were giving him such a big push right from the beginning. And such a big, long, I should say a long promo to debut with the countdown to the new millennium, which appeared all over WWE yeah. programming at the time. And then yep. it finally ran out. Um, the countdown came to an end when The Rock was on stage they were all in the ring doing a promo in Chicago and Chicago crowd just went off, man. And then, you know, we all refer to him as Y2J, a play on that Y2K bug. That is when, yeah. you know, that was such a defining moment for him. And then from there, like not long after that, like two years later at Vengeance, 2001, December 9th, he goes and he defeats The Rock for the world championship and then Stone Cold Steve Austin for his first WF championship on the same night. That is crazy. How many years later was that? Two years, man. Almost three. After he debuted on Raw? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and that made him the fourth Grand Slam winner under the original WWE format. So, and that, you wow. know, he was the first ever undisputed WWF champion. That was a shocker, too. I know. You know what? That's probably one of the biggest things he's ever done in his career. To me, to <laughs> to me that's honest. his defining moment. Like that to yeah. me is his defining he moment. Beat, he beat the two top guys in the business at mm-hmm. the time, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely. In the same night. The same night. Even though there was some shenanigans that happened. Sure. Still. Like the NWO helped him out. 
Yeah, well, you know, ironically, you know, WCW helped him out there. In a sense, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but still, to have that being bestowed upon him just about two, almost yeah, two and a half years after he debuted on WWF television, that's a big thing. It really is, and he yeah. did struggle a little bit when he debuted. He wasn't really getting the the hang of things. The WWF style was different from the WCW style. He was just the, the guy at the bottom, and then all of a sudden he's working with the likes of Jericho. Sorry, he's working with the likes of Stone Cold and The Rock and The Big Show. He came from really mid-card, not even like lower mid-card, to like all the way to the top, right? And and just winning that WWF Championship and WCW Championship at the time, that's a defining moment to me. That's what I remember Chris Jericho the most for. Yeah, I remember him, like like you said, that's one of the most memorable moments that he's ever had in the business when he won both those belts in the same night, yeah, even though, you know, he had help, but still, people pushed him into like a mega heel, and especially with Stephanie McMahon by his side at the time as his manager. <laughs> yeah. People hated him. I know I hated him. Back then, when you had the belts, I'm like, man, this guy beat Stone Cold for that, and now Stone Cold stuck feuding with Scott Hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really frustrating times for a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan like yourself, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, Austin, please, you gotta get your title back. Stop letting Chris Jericho hold that. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned Stephanie McMahon. I think some of the most funniest moments of Chris Jericho's career came when him and The Rock were going toe-to-toe, taking insults uh, towards Stephanie McMahon and Rhino and Booker T at the time. Those were some hilarious moments, and it kind of proved yeah. to not only, of course, WWE management and uh, the fans out there also that he can go on the promo, good on the microphone too. Let's give him his props, man. Like He could go toe-to-toe oh, for with sure. The Rock, yeah. you know, and also funny. Yep. To go toe to toe with the Rock, that's you know that's that's something, right? And I, I always remember him that that night when he just went off on Stephanie and calling her out on her boob job and calling <laughs> calling yeah, Rhino the man that. beast and calling Stephanie the hose <laughs> beast and <laughs> <laughs> they just went off on them and 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 it really proved to me that this guy can go on the microphone as well, which is trust me for a wrestler, you want to go hard on the microphone as well. It's not only what you do in the ring, but that promo and that microphone skill has to be there, of course. All right, so I got a question for you. Yes, sir. What is one of Jericho's most memorable feuds for you? For me, January 2003. Yep, started on Raw. He won <laughs> a over-the-top rope challenge against Kane, Rob Van Dam, and Batista. And uh, that allowed him to select his entry for the Royal Rumble match. He chose number two in order to start the match with Sean Michaels, who had challenged him to prove Jericho's claim that he was better than Michaels. And uh, after Michaels' entrance, Jericho entered as a second participant, and all hell broke loose, man. And this got (laughs) us to Jericho feuding with Shawn Michaels and got us to WrestleMania 19. Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. One of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. You guys have to watch this. And it was also the story was there too. Here's a guy, Chris Jericho, grew up watching wrestling his whole life. Grew up watching Shawn Michaels. An inspiration. His hero. And now he's jealous of him. He wants to be Shawn Michaels. He thinks he's better than Shawn Michaels. And the only way to prove it is by beating Shawn Michaels in the grandest stage of them all. And unfortunately, Shawn Michaels won. But at the same time, Chris Jericho came out on top because he gave him that nasty low blow um, after the match. And, you know, in a sense, it's just like, oh, do they really have to do Shawn Michaels like that? But it just allowed for the story to continue and to kind of leave it in the sense that, okay, Jericho did take the loss there, but he still looks strong. 
Don't forget about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Both of these guys look strong. That match was fantastic, and especially the whole open air there on Safeco Field. I believe it was in Seattle. It was just yeah. that WrestleMania alone was one of the greatest. I mean, that was the night that you know Brock Lesnar almost broke his freaking neck, and Kurt Angle was game of quadruple. Yeah, and Kurt Angle wrestled with a broken freaking a broken a, 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 a broken freaking neck. Not a broken freaking neck. But yeah, like that's that's how great that WrestleMania was, and I think. When you think of that WrestleMania, you definitely think about Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. And I really enjoyed these two going at it. I know you do as well, right? Yeah, you know, I almost regret asking you what your favorite feud was because that's his best feud to me as well. And not just because of the WrestleMania moment, but the longevity of it too. Because it lasted like almost five years because they it, things heated up again back in, in 2008 when... Uh, he got his wife involved. Oh, and yeah. He injured Shawn Michaels' eye, and then Shawn was, like, uh, was talking about retiring. And then at SummerSlam, Chris Jericho came and interrupted Shawn Michaels' uh, speech in the ring with his wife. Mm-hmm. Then he threw a punch and hit Shawn Michaels' wife for real. That was a shoot. <laughs> yeah, for real. Punched yeah. her right in the mouth. Yeah, I think you're referring to when... Um... It was a highlight reel, and Jericho just threw Shawn Michaels on the Jerry Tron 5000. That was another moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. That was another moment. So they they were going hard back in 2008, and they faced each other at No Mercy, the Great American Bash. Those guys hated each other, man. Yeah, and, and they gave us great matches all throughout that feud, too. But to me, yeah. the best came at WrestleMania 19. That, to me, was yeah. the, the best match that they've had in that feud, of course. Not the best match they've ever had in their careers, but definitely WrestleMania 19, that match. And I think that was Shawn Michaels' second match after his SummerSlam match against Triple H. Yeah, yeah, he really... Cause the he, non-shanked Because I think you mentioned match. this before. Like, he didn't want to invest... Like, he didn't want to wrestle that much. He wanted to focus on story before he actually got into the ring because he didn't know if he could yeah. go continuously. Uh, I'm talking about Shawn Michaels yeah, here. And yeah. the fact, too, that, you know, Shawn Michaels will would allow Chris Jericho to be in that position and to trust Chris Jericho to be at that high-level performing with him and trusting him with his body. Kudos to Jericho for that, for allowing and for being able to be professional with a legend like Shawn Michaels at that moment. Because to me, at that time, Shawn Michaels was already a legend. You know what I mean? He was just building on oh, that legacy sure. even more. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. And, and you know, this is another thing about Chris Jericho, man. Like, he's had so many eras. He's had so many character. I want to say changes, but alterations. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He had yeah. the, the Lionheart Chris Jericho, like the Lion Tamer. That was more WCW. Yep. WCW. When, exactly. Yeah. So then when he debuted, you had the Y2J on WWF yep. television. Then you had the Save Us Y2J era. And that this is what we're talking about right now. Uh, the Save Us Y2J era with uh, WrestleMania 19. And he had this whole new look, flashy pants, flashy shirts, all that stuff. And then we get into the best in the world slash list of Jericho era. Now, I got to say, going into this, to me, the most memorable moments during this time. And again, sorry if I'm wrong here, guys. I know everyone has different opinions here. To me was his feuds with CM Punk. I think the storylines there were really good, very personal on both sides. Having the drug addictions and having the the drinking and all that stuff, the whole rock and roll lifestyle. It was interesting, some memorable moments there for Chris Jericho. And of course, you know, the list of Jericho with Kevin Owens having the whole festival of friendship and all that stuff. Those to me are memorable as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, man. Like like you said, the uh, he had a lot of character adjustments. Yes. Not yeah, I, we'll call them adjustments. And yeah, one of my favorite ones was when he always wore a suit to the ring and he'd say he's the best in the world and he'd had this certain type of cadence when he'd talk in the ring. He'd talk low and menacing. Oh yeah, he would belittle everybody. Just, <laughs> yeah. He'd just get under everybody's everybody's skin. Exactly. You gelatinous on, tape. When he do his promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And I think that was I think he was world champion around that time when he was doing that. And yeah, he had some great feuds, like you said, with Punk, uh, Shawn Michaels even held the tag team belts with uh, the big show, Jerry, Jerry Show. Jerry Show, who can forget about <laughs> Jerry Show, man? Yeah, and they feuded with Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels and Triple H during yep. that time. Yep. Uh, John Morrison, Rey Mysterio, and our truth CM Punk. The Heart Dynasty, they had some great matches with them. So, yeah. The, I think they, used to, they also fought uh, Rated RKO as well, right? That's exactly it, Rated RKO. Yeah. That's what I remember most about their tag team, Jericho's tag team reigns, was the matches that they would have with Big Show, Jericho, and, um, well, Big Show, Jericho teaming up to face uh, Rated RKO. So, yeah. those are some great times. Then he left, and then he came back to WWE to feud with CM Punk, and that was a time when he came back with the light-up jacket. Do you remember that? Yep. Save us, like two J. Like that. That jacket is historic at this point, man. Yeah, and he came to the ring, and everyone was so excited. Mm-hmm. We thought he was going to talk, but he just kept laughing. Yeah, and just kept screaming. But yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. Yeah, was... and then he just got booed out the building. <laughs> That was a funny moment. It was was definitely a funny moment. It was definitely not expected, you know? And that's the thing about Jericho, too. Like, he always finds or has found ways to kind of get the people involved with whatever he's doing. Always get the crowd involved, whether it's with a ridiculous line or a a quote that he always says. Like, I mean, just from from the beginning when he debuted in WWF, remember he would say, ever be the same again like right away and that stuck right away or would you please shut the hell up and the crowd would be repeating this line by line right or raw is jericho the ayatollah of rock and rolla like it's just all these little things yeah he definitely had his catchphrase yeah man it's just these little things that add to his performance in the ring his microphone skills and just the whole way he would connect with the audience and that's what I've always respected about Chris Jericho. And the way he would always change his character in a sense and make these adjustments to keep it fresh and new. Even though his moveset would kind of stay the same, pretty yeah. much. Um, and it's definitely not, you know, nowadays it's not the same moveset he had back when he debuted, obviously. Like, nobody at this point has. But it's still pretty much, he's kept himself relevant. He really works on that. He's kind of like one of those, um, the way I look at him is, you know, the Rolling Stones. Like, they're still out there performing. If they could go out and yeah. perform during this COVID time, they would. This is how crazy the Rolling Stones are. <laughs> and they've always tried to come up with new music. They always go out of their way to tour and meet fans and everything. I feel like Jericho's the same way. I look at him more as a rock star doing wrestling. He always tries to reinvent himself, being his clothes, the makeup. He's a rock star in the wrestling world. That's the way I would describe Jericho, and he does a great job at it. Well, I got to ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that Chris Jericho can be considered as the GOAT 
the greatest of all time. You know, there's strong evidence to prove that he could be considered one of the greatest of all time. Not the greatest of all time, maybe one of. I'm pretty sure there's marks out there, uh, wrestling historians, wrestling fans out there who have him in their top five, in their top three, even in their Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. I mean, he's not in in my Mount Rushmore. I'll tell you that much. But he's definitely in my top 10 of favorite wrestlers. Just because I can remember, man, what was it? He would always walk around with a smoothie or a slushy, and he would always be throwing it at people's faces at one point. There was this time when he had this shirt that said, you know, uh, would you please shut the hell up? And I have an action figure of this somewhere in my storage bins. But... He just kind of like his move set, the way he would go about his way, it kind of resonated with me as a third, fourth, fifth, sixth grader. And I remember we would yeah. have our own illegal wrestling federation during recess. And who oh, who was I? I was Chris Jericho. And I would use all his moves, <laughs> you know. So he did resonate with me and he still kind of does. Some things that he does, some things that he says, they make me chuckle. You know, he's still... Yeah. He's still relevant, even though it's not at the highest level, I think. But he's still relevant. And I and I understand why people call him the greatest of all time. I really do. I know you don't, probably. Well, Jose, <laughs> right, this is where I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you. Yeah. Chris Jericho is the most overrated of all time. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Yo, oh, listen. we're going to catch so much flack. Okay. Chris Jericho, one of the biggest things that he's done mm-hmm. is win the under, the Undisputed Championship. He oh. beat Stone Cold and The Rock in the same night. Right. Give him his props for that, okay? But, you know, that's, that's probably one of the biggest things he's ever done, you know? Like, compare him to people back in the Attitude Era. He wasn't that big of a star compared to who you had. You had Stone Cold. You had The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. I'll even put Kane over him during that time. Wow. Chris Benoit. Who? Uh, <laughs> Chris Benoit. Oh, Pegasus Kid. Yes, gotcha. Yes, yes. There's so much people in the Attitude Era mm-hmm. that I'll put over Chris Jericho. Like, the guy I think- wasn't <sighs> that big of a star. And sure, he reinvented himself countless times over the year but does that make you the goat or does that mean that your character has gotten stale and you have to come up with something new countless times i think it's just the fact that he keeps himself relevant man it's been 30 years and he's still relevant he's still on top of he's still on the top level of his game sure he had to go to a new promotion like AEW to be at the top level because unfortunately in wwe he wasn't going to be at the top level they weren't going with him but the fact that he's been able the fact that he's been able to move around and still like be relevant i mean okay look i know what you're saying okay but what did he do he could have just okay i'm done with wwe i'll just sit at home i've made my money that's it right but what does he do after that he goes to new japan pro wrestling he feuds with kenny omega and then he captures iwgp intercontinental championships he he captures new japan pro wrestling championships he fights uh, with tetsuya nato in a match that made so much money for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He did sporadic yep. appearances for New Japan Pro Wrestling, attacking uh, Tanahashi and uh, feuding with uh, Penta El Zero 
during the independent circuits in 2018 and 2019. Like he, he could have just simply sat and done nothing and done conventions and just stayed at home. Like at that point, he really had nothing else to prove. But this man goes out of his way to still try to be on top, still trying to prove something, which I don't think he has to at this point, but he still does it, you know? And then he's still showing up every single Wednesday, which I think it's overkill. Don't get me wrong. He shows up every Wednesday to all yeah, wrestling. He still shows up every Wednesday. Don't get me wrong. And he's kind of carrying that for AEW. To me, he's the face of AEW. Don't tell me Cody. Okay, just don't don't go that. Yeah, way. like he's the face. You, yeah, yeah, he's the face of all elite wrestling. He's carrying that company with his name, and he's doing everything he can at this point. But he doesn't really have to. He has nothing to prove, right? He's just I think kind of collecting his I money. Think Jericho. <laughs> I think Jericho should just stay a commentator in AEW, man, because it's so hard to watch him wrestle. Yeah, because it, it's he, a it's a shell of who he, he was. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's slow. He's a bit overweight and. It's just hard to watch him move in the ring because he he botches a lot. Like the guy should just retire. Just yeah, no, a, I get that. Be I an on screen personality and be like Ric Flair when he was with Triple H in Evolution, mm. because Ric Flair would come out and low blow guys with Triple H, toss him a sledgehammer, poke guys in the eyes, and then wrestle like occasionally. You know, Chris Jericho should align himself with somebody in AEW, like a big guy or mm. an up-and-coming Mozart or something, you know? But he, he needs to tone it down with the wrestling. He can't do no line salts anymore. The, the, he he does the do them, but they're sporadic, man. They're really sporadic, and I, I fear sometimes that he's not going to make that full uh, yeah, rotation. <laughs> I'm afraid that he'll land on his neck. Yeah, I know, I know. I, no, look, what's, everything, the, what's the elbow? What's the spinning elbow move called again? The Judas Effect. The Judas effect, nah. That's, he needs to just stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think Stick when it comes to down to it, when it really comes down to it, man, it, Jericho, based on his ability to achieve success and notoriety across numerous territories, numerous companies around the world, having been able to acquire or capture 50, over 50 titles from around the world and do it in a span of 30 years and still be on the top of his game in the sense that still being one of those guys that people still talk to, he's not mid-carder, he's not mid like he's not lower card, he's still on top. And he's been there for the longest time. Who can you say that? You can't say that anymore about a guy from that long ago. Who can you say that? You can't say that about Undertaker. You can't say about The Rock. You can't say that about Stone Cold. You can't say that about Kane anymore. Like he is kind of like the last one. Man, not necessarily. Who? Who's left from that from that era? Well, Triple H. No, but even Triple H is just he's just known <laughs> as the NXT guy now. He hasn't been well, active you know in so long now. Jericho's still active. It's been like a year though. Yeah, he's still active, man. You know? Triple H can still get back in the gym and get in shape for a match. But I don't but I don't think Triple he can H, do it on a regular weekly basis. He could. I don't I, think so. I bet he could. I don't think so. I know he could. What does Triple H really do? He listen, doesn't do any high risk maneuvers listen, or man. flips and dives. After what he did, spine busters and pedigrees, and that's it. Clotheslines, nah, punches and kicks. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> so you lost faith in him after the Saudi show. <laughs> I lost faith in a lot of things after that Saudi show. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's funny that you mentioned the Saudi show too, because Chris Jericho was just asked on a yeah. uh, show, "What is the worst wrestling match ever?" And guess what he said? He said Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Kane and Undertaker at Crown Jewel. So there you go. That just goes to show you. That's probably the funniest match in the history. It's probably the worst match too, man. It's you know, it's I'll give them, I'll give it both, <laughs> funniest and the worst match I've ever seen. In a long yeah. time. And I'm not talking about these like cinematic <laughs> matches. Like those cinematic matches are just another trash thing. But I'm talking about match and just how everything that could go wrong did go wrong and then some. Oh man, that yep. match was just atrocious. And Jericho, he's out there here's one thing I'll tell you, man. We answered okay. He might be the greatest of all time, he might not be. Of course we can all argue with that. We discussed I'll what say is, he's one of the great. One of the greatest. Not okay. one of the greatest. Sure. I, I I wouldn't call him one of the greatest of all times. Gotcha. Because oh. in that category, I have Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, yeah. Triple H, even mm-hmm. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, uh, Ric Flair. Jericho's way down. Okay, so here's here's my question for you then. Do you think he should end his career in AEW, or should he go back to the WWE for one last run? There's no point of him going back to WWE because he kind of burned that bridge. So he should just stay in AEW and help build up the talent there. Like I was telling you earlier, align himself with somebody that's young, up and coming, or be on the commentary team. Kick out Jim Ross. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned that, like him burning bridges, he's had he he's been very critical of WWE since he's signed with AEW, and he's yeah. called out Vince McMahon. And these are things that I'm pretty sure he would say to Vince McMahon's face anyway, because of the long tenure he's had in WWE and the relationship he's built with Vince McMahon. But you got to think, yeah, I mean, this might cost him if he wants to go back and retire as a WWE wrestler or kind of solidify himself in the WWE Hall of Fame. It might cost him. I mean, who knows? Never, never he's, say never in W in, in professional wrestling, but it might hurt him. Yeah, you're right. But he's gone on the record, even when he was in good graces with WWE. Mm-hmm. He's gone on record saying that if he was asked to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, he wouldn't show. Oh, he doesn't. He said that on his podcast a couple of times. Hmm. So I would think he I don't think the Hall of Fame really means anything to him. No, no, it doesn't mean that much to him. That's interesting. Yeah, hmm. so I don't think he really cares about that because he doesn't, I think in his words, he's saying he doesn't really need Vince McMahon telling him that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, he can let the fans decide that, you know? At the end of the day, it does come down to the fans and what fans perceive you as. Like, for example, yeah, some people, I, I hate to die, you know, to, to go off on a tangent here, but just to, to kind of emphasize on what you're saying, even though Owen Hart or even Chris Benoit, I'll even say, there is some talk that, you know, these guys are great. You know, they deserve to be in some sort of way in the Hall of Fame based on their wrestling abilities. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. For Benoit, it will never happen because of what he did. Um, yeah, for never. Owen Hart, unless his wife and his son have a change of heart, which I doubt, might go into the Hall of Fame. But in a fan's eyes, in my eyes, these guys are Hall of Famers. So yeah. I agree with you in that sense. Saying, uh, he doesn't have to go, but it, it begs the question to me, like, it'd be nice to see him retire as a WWE wrestler. It would, because honestly, in AEW, I don't really care yeah, so in much. In a perfect world, it'd be nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. honestly, he doesn't have, that to me, he doesn't have anything else to prove. Like, he, he really doesn't. So you'd want to see one last match? I'd like to see him have one last match, yes. Okay. I would. So my next question would be against who? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> that is a very loaded question, my friend. <sighs> Let's hear it. 
you know, I hate having dead air, but this is one of those things that you just have to think about because it would have to be a match that he would obviously put someone over and it would have to mean something in the long run. You can't just have a match with a legend, you know, or another guy who's already established. Like you can't have it with like, say Randy Orton or Drew, like that wouldn't really do any favors for anybody. He'd have to do it with like an NXT guy, maybe. And someone whose styles, I mean, that's another thing about Jericho. You can work any style, right? So I, I don't think that's a factor. I think it would just have to be the right person to have that stepping stone and be like, you know what? This is the last match. I beat Jericho. This is a, a legendary wrestler, and this is what's next for me. You know, and there's something well, that... maybe uh maybe Drew McIntyre? I don't know. I, th- I think Drew right now at this point, he, he looks like a champion. Like, he's he solidified himself as a champion, you know? I don't know if that would kind of work in that sense, you know? It's kind of like in the sense what they tried yeah. to do with Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle. It's just like, that didn't work out. That was such a waste. Oh, God. That was a waste don't for, remind me. Yeah, that was a waste for Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle, unfortunately. But yeah. um, it would have to be someone from NXT, an up-and-coming guy that they're going to push. You know what I mean? Someone who's going to be a future star and, and just milk that story and milk that that last match and make money off of it, really. That's a WrestleMania match. That's That would be a WrestleMania moment. But... Can I tell you who right now, off the top of my head, without having so much dead air? No, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. Unless, you know, you have somebody else in mind. I got nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough question. It's like, who? You know, yeah, I don't even want him to come back. That's the thing. Because I think you should stop wrestling altogether. Yeah, he has nothing. he has nothing to prove at this point. I mean, if he were just to say, you know what, at the end of my contract with AEW... I won't perform anymore in the ring. I'm done. I'm going to focus on Fozzie. Yes. I'm going to focus on my <laughs> cruise. I'm going to focus on my podcast. I'm going to focus on my YouTube. I'm going to focus on uh, writing books. I'd be, you know, fine, man. You have nothing to prove. You're, you're a legend already. You're a Hall of Famer in everyone's eyes. I understand that. But that storybook ending, man, that's what we all as fans clamor for and want, that storybook ending. And especially people that we've that's grown true. up watching for years – you kind of want that book. It's like on that last page when you're about to finish a book and you just, okay, I have eight more sentences left. I hope this is good because when I flip over the cover, I want it to just go like this, you know, like like that. And it'll be like, man, what a story. What a legacy. And this is something that I want to tell my future kids or grandchildren. You know what I mean? And that's something that I would want for Jericho. I mean, he's been around so long. I think he deserves a storybook ending. Maybe it's just selfish of me as a fan. I don't know. Clearly. You know, let the man retire, Jose. Yeah, <laughs> you're being way too selfish. <laughs> hey, man, you can. Like I said, I wouldn't be mad, but I, I'd want a storybook ending. I want something to be. I love a good story in wrestling. I do. I love good storytelling in wrestling. I love good wrestling. It's still real to me. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> to me, it's 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 a beautiful thing. It it, des- it deserves a respect and careful consideration because it means a lot to people. Especially with these personalities that sometimes they're once in a lifetime. They really are. We will never have a Stone Cold. We'll never have a John Cena again. We'll never have a Brock Lesnar again. We'll never have a Chris Jericho again. Because if we do have something similar to them, that's been done before. Someone did it before you. Get out of here. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It comes to that. With that being said, Mm -hmm. man, Chris Jericho, I don't know if you'll ever hear this or not, but congratulations on 30 years of just dominating anywhere you go. And being a marquee draw wherever you go. No matter what my friend Jermaine says here, I think you are one <laughs> of the best to ever do it in a squared circle. He is one of the greats. I will agree with you. 
You're listening to Smart Down Boulevard. Welcome back to Smart Down Boulevard, celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho's career, 1990 to 2020. This guy's a worldwide, and guess what, Jermaine? Just like Chris Jericho, we're also worldwide. I've been tracking our geographic locations as to where people listen to us. And I just want to shout out some some places, man, because I'm noticing that we don't usually do this, but I want to shout them out today, okay? Definitely, we're in Canada. So most of our audience comes from Canada, of course, the United States, but we also get a big following in Ireland. And if you're listening to us, shout out to you guys in Ireland. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you follow us on Instagram. If you do, let us know. But we just want to thank you for listening and driving our numbers up. It means a lot to us because we definitely put in a lot of work on this podcast. And to see that people from outside of North America are listening to us, that to me is just surreal, Jermaine. Just surreal. We're worldwide, man. We really are. Like not only not only Ireland, but we you know, we have fans in the Philippines, Germany, the United Kingdom, Hong Kong, wow. and recently Singapore. That's crazy. Can you imagine like some kid or some family out there across the world is listening to our voices and listening to what we have to say about professional wrestling. That's crazy. And no matter who Whoa. you are, no matter where you are, thank you for listening to us it means a lot we appreciate you guys man jermaine i want to wish you and all of our canadian smart fans out there a happy thanksgiving that's right we have thanksgiving in october here in canada and i just want to say even though times are kind of rough right now due to the pandemic and things are just not looking pretty bright out there um i just want to say that i hope everyone out there spent some time with their family and their loved ones in a safe manner and just, you know, be thankful for what we have and just for pulling through during these um, these crazy times, man. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully, you know, things get better in the coming weeks, coming months, and we'll be able to see each other face-to-face again. Yeah, man. We'll actually be able to record the show face-to-face. We've never done that yet. You know, yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. We're 25 shows in. Still haven't been able to do that. But we will definitely look forward to that. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. And remember... If you want to pass this long weekend, you can also listen to us on Anchor.fm online, catching up on all the shows or on their app that you can download for free. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot more. For the full list for more content and to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's where, Jermaine? At Smartdown? That's at Smartdown B-L-V-D. To keep the conversation going. And you can also listen to us on our YouTube channel. Check out classic Smartdown Boulevard episodes on YouTube. And Jermaine, this just in. I've been informed by the angry, maleficent intern Melanie <laughs> that oh, new shoot. classic Smartdown episodes will be uploaded during this Canadian Thanksgiving long weekend. So kudos to her. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, hit that bell notification, and like us on YouTube. Just search Smartdown hit that space button, BLVD. It is that easy. Thank you for joining us here on Smartdown Boulevard. We'll be back next week. As always, Jermaine, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And happy Thanksgiving, happy to, Thanksgiving the- to you too. Thank you, sir. And happy Thanksgiving to all of our Smart fans out there in Canada. Until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in.